For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, We've got more with Dr. Dan Dumas, author of Live Smart. We're asking a lot of questions that are centered around that book. Um, So today's question, um, and this is a kind of off of a question that we ask youth workers since we say that youth ministry isn't ministry just to youth. It's also ministry to parents. And so we ask youth workers what they do to foster their relationship with parents. Um, And so kind of bringing that um, into uh, some of what we're talking about with your book, uh, what would your sales pitch to parents be uh, for this book? Why would you want them to pick uh, this book up for their own teenager? Yeah, as a fellow parent of a teenager, um, I just don't want to leave my teenager's heart and character to chance. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I think you have to be highly intentional. Um, it's just not—it's just not osmosis that they gain wisdom and truth and understanding and worldview. I think they're—it's pressed into them. And the most and primary place, uh, the most important and primary place that is pressed in is in the home. You know, as you see in Deuteronomy six, you know, you're constantly teaching when they rise up, when they sit down at the dinner table, etc. So mm-hmm. I just think that being highly intentional. And so what this book does is it gives you a tool to be highly intentional and to not leave it to chance and just hope that everything turns out well. I'm not just hoping everything turns out well. I am highly engaged, very dutiful, highly intentional, whether my son notices that or not. Mm -hmm. I'm very intentional. I'm thinking through now, okay, I've got you know, right now, I think I, I just tallied the other day. I think I've got 224 weeks left before he goes to college. Wow. So I'm I'm like, okay, what do I, 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 so I started writing a list just the other day on a plane. What do I need to tell him in the next 224 weeks? If I had 224 weeks to teach him one principal week, what are the 200? And I've been just kind of building a list of things. Okay, I've got to go back over this, you know, and then I, it's as pragmatic as, you know, does he know how to pump gas? Does he know how to, you know, air a tire? Does he know about engines? Does he know, you know, how to use an ATM? Does he know how to do laundry? I mean, it's not always in the spiritual category, mm-hmm. but certainly it, it includes that and um, and it has a primacy on that. So I maybe I'm just weird, you know, John, <laughs> highly intentional, which is possible. And, and, and probably my son would say, oh, Lord, you know, uh, but I, I just... <laughs> I'm almost at 2:24. I'm in a panic. Like, mm. oh my gosh, there's so many things I should have told him to do. So many things I want him to know, and, and so you know, I'm not trying to be weird, but I I'm trying to be very intentional. So this book is a tool of intentionality. So if you don't know what to share with your son, daughters, then then this would be a, a starting point for you to deploy. Yeah, that, that's great advice. And as you say, the 
224 weeks, I, I believe it, it was. Um, is that is that something you've done throughout uh, your, your years as a parent? Do you think kind of practically in those terms of how much time you've got left with your, your children to teach them? Oh, yeah. I'm always starting with the end in view. So I'm kind of like, here he goes off to college, kind of picturing that day he leaves the house. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, you know, where did I, where are the gaps, you know, where are the, where did I fail as a, as a dad and, and where do we fail as a family, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I know that God's bigger than my parenting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is I would just on contrary to that, if, you know, I'm, I'm teaching my son and being intentional with my sons, not so that they obey me and fulfill my mission. It's really that they honor God. You know, I want them to leave our home with a healthy fear of God and desirous of serving him with the whole of their life under the lordship of Christ. Right. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm after Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately. And sometimes that's practical, like, okay, uh, turbo, then you gotta, you you know, you can glorify God and getting gas for your mother, or you can glorify God and, you know, cutting wood without cutting your foot off. You know, there's (laughs) obviously practical things there, but, but ultimately, I mean, it's, it's a spiritual, you know, it's the spiritual discipline of all of that. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of already hit on some of this, but but somewhat of a follow-up question to this is what are some family discipleship practices that have been helpful to you and your family throughout the years of parenting? Yeah, I mean, I'll be candid. We're not like, um, you know, sit down every night and do three hours of devotion, you know, read one Proverbs and the <laughs> Old Testament. We're not that family. Um <laughs> But there's things that we do that are, in other words, if I'm going down the street, literally, John, if I'm going down the street and I see something happen or I I say, let's pray, then my kids would not find that to be strange. Mm -hmm. They would just bow their heads and start, and I could just say, Elijah, pray, and he starts praying, you know. Um, So to us, the Christian life is is organic. It's happening all the time. There's nothing weird about that. So we're not like having— Okay, we're going to study the scriptures tonight and read Pilgrim's Progress for 20 minutes every night. You know, I, the faith is everything we do. It's it's the it's the epicenter of our lives. So, um, so we're not as you know rigid on you know got to have something every night, um, but it's all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think the spirit of Deuteronomy chapter six. You Absolutely. Know? And and so you know, there's things that we do though. For example. Um, uh, recently we added, uh, we take all our Christmas cards down and we, um, we pray at dinner over a family. Mm-hmm. So you got all those Christmas cards, you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just hang on a door somewhere forever, you know, in our house. So we, you know, put them in a box and once a night we pull them out and we pray for that family. Then we send them a text saying, Hey, we prayed for you tonight. That's a great idea. Dinner. So that's an example. One of the biggest things that we do is kind of Sunday afternoon. We call it our advocacy time. And we literally, it's kind of weird, but we, we sit in like four corners because there's four of us of, of the living room. And, and that is a time where they can appeal and, and they can question our discipline. They can question if we were being too harsh or, you know, whatever. And, and so the time to both confess sin one to another in the spirit of James five mm-hmm. and to, you know, seek, um, you know, calculated way, seek an appeal. Like, I think, you know, you, you took the Xbox away and we weren't really doing that. And, 
you misunderstood. There's there's just an advocacy time, a clearing of the decks, a confession. It's Sunday. It's the first day of the week. So we're kind of starting off the week with clean hearts. We kind of overview the week. Here's where we're going this week. Here's some of the things that you'll need to, to be aware of. Um, you know, so that advocacy time Sunday afternoon, typically before Aiden goes off to my teenager, goes off to youth group, is that that hour is is really a special time. And I think they look forward to it, of kind of clear in the air, because there's nothing like a clear conscience. John. I mean, there's just oh, yeah. just nothing like it. And I think you got to give kids a context to do that. And, you know, that, you know, as their your younger kids do that, you know, they're goofy. You know, you have anything to pray about? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to you got to you got to lead them a little bit, lead the witness a little bit. But as they get older, those are meaningful um, cleansing uh, times in the spirit of first John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And so we want to be right with God vertically, but we also want to be right with God horizontally with each other. So that's a pretty big um, discipline. The third thing I think I just, anytime someone's coming through town or is around, I get my boys around them. So if there's a missionary coming through, invite them over. Tonight, we have some people coming over uh, to visit late at night. You know, we'll have dessert, and they'll kind of come in here, listen, and then they'll, you know, shuffle off the bed kind of thing. But, you know, just having them be around other believers, uh, unique context, providing them opportunities. So we're not just like, you know, it's okay to stay up past, you know, nine o'clock on a school night, you know, <laughs> they're not going to go to hell, you know, for <laughs> doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just got to be like normal and kind of happy and experiencing life. Um, so those are kind of some of our disciplines, but yeah, that's, that's helpful. It's always interesting to hear how various families, uh, you know, implement the, the idea of discipleship. And like you said, it is just, it's very practical throughout the day. It's not like a set time. Um, and yeah, uh, <clears throat> our family doesn't do a three hour devotion either. I don't think I could survive that <laughs> if we tried. No, no. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so those are helpful. Well, thanks again. Thank you. 